Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. How'd it go at the convention, honey? You were the big hit of the show. It's fantastic. It's a loved computer business. For 15 years, Harry Tasker's been leading a double life. Mr. President, one of our best men is inside. Transmitting now. Right on time. I don't believe I've met you before. Rehnquist. Harry Rehnquist. Listen to the following code word. Helen. H-E-L-E-N. Now, they're about to collide. What's your exit strategy? I'm going to walk right out of the front gate. May I see your invitation, please? Sure. Here's my invitation. Oh, yeah, that worked good. Right out the old front gate. Can you me back a second? What's the Tasker's office? Hi, it's Helen. Is he in? Hey there, and welcome to Rewatchability, the podcast where we rewatch old movies and TV shows to see how they hold up over time. My name is Blaine Waters. With me, as always, is... J.M. McNabb. And... Robert Larone. And joining us this week, one of our favorite guests. Hey, Johnny. Aww. Hi, it's me, Johnny Walker. <laughs> Everyone's favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming on and talking about True Lies this week. Oh, it's my pledge. <laughs> You're like the fourth Beatle of this podcast if, like, the Beatles didn't invite Ringo to come around most of the time. <laughs> Which they usually didn't. <laughs> really? I don't know, probably not. Sounds about right. Well, I'll take that backhanded compliments. <laughs> and there's Johnny walking out of the studio. You're better than Ringo. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just kidding. You're George. Blaine is clearly the Ringo yeah, of this I'm podcast. Leave. Mm-hmm. Anyway, thank you for joining us this week. I think of myself as the Yoko Ono. Oh, yeah, you could change the whole thing up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The second <laughs> half of the show is just your rocks, though. <laughs> the second half of the show is just going to be screaming. <laughs> <laughs> and numbers. Um, but thanks for joining us this week. And uh, we want to thank our Patreon supporters. So thank you so much for giving one, three, five dollars a month to keep this show going. This month we just dropped a Patreon exclusive that we talked about Infinity War and some other movies that came out in the theaters and that we watched. And so we, that's our take on it. Now, if you want to hear us talk about new shit, you got to pay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, at least one dollar, you know, and then, you, yeah. and then you get that. But if you spend five, you get the episode early and stuff like that. So go to patreon.com slash rewatchability and check that out. If you uh, want to support us in other ways, you can buy like a T-shirt. Yeah. Like T-Public. Or come to our screening if you're in Toronto. Yeah. We're having a screening at the Royal on July 4th. Oh, my God. Fourth. It's easy to remember. Yeah, yeah. It's so important. Blaine's getting there two days early. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to watch My Girl. Yeah. It's going to be great. Featuring um, one of the stars of this movie, Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger. <laughs> <laughs> he plays uh, the girl. <laughs> yeah, of course, Jamie, Jamie Lee Curtis isn't both, is what you're driving at. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, her too. (laughs) (laughs) So you can go to theroyal.to and pick up your tickets there or uh, find that through our Facebook. But now let's talk about True Lies, James Cameron movie starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jamie Lee Curtis, Tom Arnold. For some reason, (laughs) I went to him next. I don't know why. Charlton Uh, Heston. Yeah, he's in this movie. And Eliza Dushku as well. Like she's in like two scenes. Yeah, movie. no, it's, she's in some like amazing she's in, scenes. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. she's in two big scenes, but she like disappears for most of this movie. Well, she worked she's a so child. hard on this. She like <laughs> cracked two ribs. Oh, oh wow! Well, yeah. there's a whole and, yeah, and there's other stories that happened as well. What happened to her in the set yeah, of this movie? Yeah, it gets pretty bad. But we'll get to that later. <laughs> uh, <laughs> JM, when did you first see this movie? I probably saw this movie on video. Because I remember it seeming very adult when it first came well, out. It was R-rated. It was R-rated. Yeah. Uh, Is it? Yeah. Even though, like, I may have even seen like Aliens and Terminator and stuff. There's something about this that seemed very adult. Like I remember. Right. I mean, fantastical, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is very, this is very down to earth and realistic. <laughs> no, but well, I, the sexuality exactly, yeah, exists, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, there's no sexuality in those other movies. Yeah, yeah exactly. There's right? naked Arnold Schwarzenegger in Terminator. That's true. <laughs> but I like I remember watching on like Entertainment Tonight. They certainly made a big deal about the striptease scene, and like that was very much in the conversation of the mm-hmm. day. So it didn't feel like specifically targeted. At my demographic. So right. I didn't see it till a little later. I, it probably did have like a sheen of like watching something adult when I finally saw it. So I was, I was pretty jazzed about checking out True Lies. Right. And it's like an action movie. Yeah. And I, yeah, I love Schwarzenegger. Yeah. I loved, you know, it was probably, you know, right at a good time to get into action movies. And I remember liking it okay. <laughs> okay. And then it kind of grew on me and it became a movie I would sort of revisit in my teens. And mm-hmm. I haven't seen it in a long, long time. Since you were a teenager. Yeah, I saw I saw part of it a few years ago, but I don't think I watched okay. the whole thing. I think I rented it when I was sick or something. Mm. So, but it is, <laughs> we have a lot to talk about. Because oh, it does feel like one of those movies where like, you worry that it shaped you <laughs> as a person watching it now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, am I a bad person because of this movie? I think we're all terrible people. <laughs> am I a secret agent? <laughs> like, I feel you like a, a lot of people blame be. their parents for all of their problems in life. I think we, yeah, let's blame we blame true lies. True lies. Well, it's uh, safe to say on this podcast, like, movies were our parents. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good yeah. Sure, they raised us. Isn't that, sure. I mean, I feel like that's the real message of this entire, of this rewatchability project is learning <laughs> that, like, oh, yeah, this is why we're all racist and we're right. all sexist yeah. and we're all homophobic because all of this shit was drilled into our brains. Like again and again through yeah. all these like 50 movies that we watched. That wasn't the goal, but that's certainly what's happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. What I think the- we thought this would be a fun romp when we conceived of this podcast. But it's just <laughs> yeah. untangling these horrible yeah. things. It's become therapy. I think, hey, there's cartoons doing drugs. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Rob? When did you first see True Lies? I saw it on video. I'm pretty sure we rented it almost as soon as it came out on video. I mean, I was a big fan of the Terminator series, and Arnold Schwarzenegger, I think, was the movie star of the time. You know, just, oh, he was, the, yeah. He was like larger than life. He's like everything that Bonnie Tyler's talking about in Holding On for a Hero. <laughs> <laughs> That's. The way no one's ever described him before. Oh, that's, that's beautiful. So true. Yeah. But it's a beautiful. So way. I mean, so I wanted to see this movie, and I think I was aware that it was also James Cameron who was the director of all these other great movies that I loved. Like, you know, I knew that he just made awesome fucking movies, even right. if I hadn't seen them all yet. So I think just my dad rented this and we watched it, and I remember not being super impressed by it. Like it 
was exciting and it had Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. Yeah. But, it, you know, he wasn't a robot. There was no, like, part where he's <laughs> in the no lava and he goes, da na 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 and puts the thumb up. Right. That part made me sad. So I didn't have, like, the emotional connection to this movie that I did with the other ones. And mm. since then, I heard that it's uh, terribly racist. <laughs> You've just heard that, yeah. Well, I remember and like now you've now you've reading about it in grad school, right? Like it was a movie that was sort of cited as, uh, you know, how American action movies use brown people as props and yeah. something something about foreign policy, and it all ties together because James Cameron had to get the military for those planes and so, yeah, the Harriers. It's all like you know, well, a lot of movies do that. They like exactly. They they pay the military for access to military equipment. Yeah, we talked about Top Gun. Yeah. yeah, and perhaps yeah. most controversial with James Cameron's ex-wife, Catherine Bigelow, mm-hmm. in Zero Dark Thirty, where she basically like advocates for torture or says that right. it's a useful way to right. extract information, yeah. which the government and the army was feeding her so that she could use the jets and all that stuff. I was also reading one of the Transformers movies. like They literally had to rewrite the script because in part of their deal with the military to use their equipment, they also had to like, well, we want you to advertise like this type of machine gun so they had to write in like a scene where like I don't know they blow up a pyramid with a bazooka that oh, that they God. wanted to sell I don't know yeah, yeah. but in, in the behind the scenes in this movie this one guy talks about like oh this is gonna do for the art like even more for the army than what Top Gun did and it just like made me kind of cringe I was like oh kind of yeah. cringe that's yeah, terrible I hope you got used to that feeling <laughs> yeah. watching this yeah for sure and I feel like the military just has this whole like hidden desire to be a movie star the whole time where they're sort of like yeah like <laughs> That's like, sure. like their the true ambition yes. is just to make movies. Mm-hmm. That's how they sell it, I think. I yeah. mean, now, for sure. Yeah, I mean, all those commercials are like someone fighting a demon with a sword and it's like, join the military. And you're like, well, how does this, what does this have to do with the military? But in the 80s, it really seemed like movies, like the technology of film and the technology of military sort of merged in action movies. And it became like this cultural sort of force, which, you know, metaphorically represented the sort of American uh, militaristic hegemony. Right. Sorry, I tried to use a big word on the podcast. I won't do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah. No, they're definitely advertising through the yeah. movies. And I think James Cameron has a really big hand in that, too, because in all his movies, he uses a lot of military. Well, I mean, I don't know about, like, Terminator or... I mean, those movies don't ha- propagandize it in the way that this one for sure does. <laughs> Actually, they kind of do the opposite because they say, like, a lot of the military... Technology and advancements for lead, sure lead to Skynet, which right, know, yeah, takes yeah. over the planet. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good point. Good point. What about you, Johnny? So I remember catching this movie, I think probably a few times on TV growing up. I didn't see it in the theaters or anything. And I wasn't really, I feel like Arnie didn't, wasn't a part of my childhood. Right. Mm. Uh, I, I've only seen like T2 and Total Recall in the past couple of years for the first time. Oh, wow. The only one of his movies I remember seeing like as a child really before this was Kindergarten Cop, yeah, which I think it. I saw at too young an age and it actually just like really like terrified me. You're always too young. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like there was just like it was one of the first movies I'd seen with like people getting shot, and yeah. I was very young, and I was like, ah, right. like, and it uh, had like kindergarten in the title. Yeah, so I, like, I, was, I, 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 I was mystified by it. <laughs> right. I was like, yeah. I'm in kindergarten. This is not like <laughs> what I thought was happening. Yeah. So then I, I caught this movie, and it, so it, he wasn't really a big part of it. And I'm, uh, James Cameron, also, I have never been 
I don't know. I've never seen Titanic. I've like what? what? No, I haven't seen Avatar. I'm sorry. I well, just, not, like, you have to apologize about his. Avatar. Yeah, no, I missed a lot of his big ones. Did you see Abyss or something? No. Oh, okay. I and I, I aliens. I, I've seen Aliens, and I really prefer the first one. Like it's he's not really, <laughs> you know, my my cup of tea exactly. Yeah. But. But I was interested to see this movie for a few reasons. I was into Jamie Lee Curtis because Fish Called Wanda was like a really big movie in my family. Me too, yeah. I like Tia Carrere for like Wayne's World related reasons. (laughs) Uh, I think she's a really charming screen presence. (laughs) Yeah. And, but like, I feel like the main thing for me, uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's like the same character. It's ba- I feel <laughs> like Relic <laughs> Hunter so was basically like pitched off of this movie, right? Yeah. Like they were just like, what yeah. if she was a good guy? You see those monuments behind her? <laughs> She's what like, if- I got these relics. Why don't we just do a TV show about them? <laughs> but for me, what True Lies really appealed to me because I was super into James Bond movies when I was a kid and like watched all of, like every single right. one of them. Yeah. And then it seemed, this movie felt to me so much like an, a send-up of a For James sure. Bond style story. And so I feel like I was at like a young age where I was like, I'm recognizing that you are sort of like spoofing some of these tropes that I'm familiar with. And I found that very pleasurable because it was probably one of the first times that it happened to me where I was like, I know what this is a reference oh, right, to yeah. and I get it. And I remember watching with my parents and thinking it was fun because it was, it was like, oh, they're in on the joke. This movie knows how stupid the title True Lies is, and it's not just a straight-up action movie. It's kind of like making fun of action movies to some extent. Plus, I really remember the big striptease and thinking that that scene was amazing. Right. That was the main thing that I remember, actually. I think, yeah, I think that's the main takeaway from this movie for a lot of people. That was also, like, around the time when, like, Showgirls and Striptease came out. Like, it did feel like there was a while in the 90s where stripping was just, like, Star Wars (laughs) at the box office. Women take off their clothes. (laughs) Um, that was the pitch. That was oh, was that the pitch, pitch for True Lies? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Arnie's in it. Sold. That's yeah. Given. I, re- I remember this movie being so big when I was a kid. Like, it was it was kind of everywhere. And Arnie was, like like you said, larger than life, but also probably larger than any life around him. He was just, like, a big, huge what do you mean? man. He was, he's a, he's a, you know, he's a he's big guy. Mm-hmm. He's physically imposing. <laughs> well, he was a bodybuilder. He built his body yeah. by pumping iron. It's yeah. all documented in that documentary, Pumping Iron. Oh, nice. And so there are also several scenes in this movie where people have to, like, walk past him or not know who he is, like, yeah, when yeah. he's in shadows. It's like, he's, like, the largest man. Yeah. And that's the whole thing. Like, he goes, I'm, I'm like, the, for the send-up of the genre, like, he's he's obviously an action hero. And the, and people that play James Bond are usually guys that, like, can are not the beefiest people. But in this movie, he's the beefiest person mm-hmm. in America. Yeah. And he's supposed to go undercover. The only as, like, person you can mistake for ridiculous, yeah. yeah. Is, like Lou Ferrigno. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is a gigantic man with a thick Austrian accent. That yeah. is just like... Harry Tasker. Waltzing. That's his name for sure. Yeah, it's so weird. Anyway, so I, I remember all that. And I remember really loving this when I was a kid. Like, I remember replaying some of the action scenes, like, in my living room when I was a kid. And, like... Like that Jamie Lee Curtis one. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, put your clothes on. Man is here. <laughs> yeah. Why do you keep on embarrassing me like this? Did you think it was funny? I thought, oh man, yeah. I thought it was very funny. Yeah, I thought it was really f- My yeah, memory kid, yeah. of this movie is that it was funny. Mm-hmm. Me too, yeah. I, I remember thinking, and I don't, I haven't necessarily reversed that opinion, but I remember thinking that Schwarzenegger was actually very funny in this. Yeah. 
and a very skilled comedic actor. <laughs> well, and, and just the lines. And I, and I remember thinking Tom Arnold, like, why isn't he in more? Like, when I was a kid. I remember wow. thinking Tom Arnold was funny. Your and that was like, rattles my... Be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keep stripping. Get out of here. Uh, yeah. Nothing worries me more about how little JM acted as a kid than finding Tom Arnold funny <laughs> yeah, yeah. in the oh, 90s. Still, my favorite line in this movie is when uh, Dana goes into the kitchen with the helmet on and Tom Arnold's like, I remember the first time I got shot out of a cannon. Like, I still love that That's line. That's a good line. And I, I hate that it's Tom Arnold. I hate it. Anyway, so, yeah, I loved this movie when I was a kid. It's and maybe the least creepy thing he says about Eliza Dushku's 12-year-old character in the movie, too. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. We'll get to that. <laughs> Holy anyway, shit. So, we've all said that we liked the movie when it first came out. I think this might be the biggest. <laughs> this, this might be the biggest 180 of a movie for me, anyway, that, that we've seen on the podcast. I like, think me too. Yeah, from like as a kid till now, like I really loved this movie as a kid, yeah. and now I'm like, oh, why, 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 little blame? Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but let's get into it's the it. Big hit all over again. <laughs> it's adventures and babysitting all over again. Oh yeah, that was that was a pretty big. Yeah, that was a pretty big, pretty big shock. Too. Okay, let's talk about what happened. <laughs> yeah, do you want to give us a rundown, Rob? Yeah, well, so it starts in snowy Switzerland. There's like a castle. It's very like picturesque. You can do like a postcard. There's... Was it Switzerland? Sorry. I don't know. Because was... I wasn't sure because his cover story was that he was in Switzerland. But why would – he could have said he was anywhere. Why would he say he was in the one place where like – The party happened? Where there was like a crazy <laughs> – you know, yeah, oh, yeah. a crazy hey, action scene. Good point. This movie sucks. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it says it's Switzerland. Okay. Either way, they're at like this. There's like a big chateau or something. Mm-hmm. It's like a castle. I'm just saying, like, if he wanted to keep his cover with his wife, that yeah. he was a computer sales rep, why didn't he say I was in Boise, Idaho, or something? Like, he didn't need to say like and I was if, in Switzerland. If Tom Arnold yeah. had to buy him that snow globe for his daughter to be like, this will prove you were in Switzerland, <laughs> he could have fucking got that himself if he was actually there. Like, <laughs> right? Yeah, that like, was going through the airport. It's just like that's not like him like being helped with his job. That's just him being like a, 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 te- dad. a bad dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's sure. like the whole point is that he's a bad husband oh, and a bad dad because he's, he's spends, one of the all time worst. <laughs> he spends, I think, because he spends too much time at his job. That's yeah. right. Saving America, Rob. <laughs> that's right. Is he? some goddamn respect? <laughs> well, yeah, because he's like a secret agent. I mean, he sort of. First, we see him in a wetsuit. He does like the whole under the water thing, but then he yeah. comes. He's in a tuxedo, that, which is a James Bond thing. The tuxedo yeah, under the wetsuit for sure. Yeah, oh, for sure. And then, and then, like, I feel like there being a tango bursting out in the yeah. middle of yeah. It's totally James Bond. It's James Bond if he were like a hulking person <laughs> who can't articulate the English language. Mm-hmm. And Tia yeah. Carrera is giving you classic like villainous Bond girl. Like yeah. she should have been a Bond girl, and it's kind yeah, of insane she... that she wasn't. Magnificent, isn't it? Yes, quite. I thought I knew most of Khaled's friends, but I don't believe I've met you before. No, we haven't met, because I certainly would remember. Rehnquist. Harry Rehnquist. Juno Skinner. Juno Skinner. Juno Skinner. Come on. Come on. Juno Skinner, arts and antiquities dealer, specializing in ancient Persia. This is Persian, if I'm not mistaken. Very good. Sixth century BC, to be exact. Mm. Do you like the period? Oh, I adore it. Well, she was a relic hunter. I mean, that's her own. <laughs> that's her own gig. 
Yeah, she's always like the offshoot of the main thing. Like, I would rather have my own She's not own a Tomb Raider. Shop. She's like a relic hunter. So. But anyway, so she, he's there to scope out this billionaire and he sees Tia Carrere there. There's like some sort of like attraction and he like tangos with her even though he's supposed to be getting out of there. Kind of a shitty thing to do. Well, we don't know he's married yet. He has yet. to like download an Arabic version of Windows 95 or something. <laughs> it was Windows 3.1. So, oh, okay. Sorry. You know, yeah. Oh, right. This download. was 94. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Predates Windows 95. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And there's that whole hacking scene where the guys in the, in the van are like, mm. I'm in. Uh, but they have to make it really like sexist. How they say I'm in, like my hands up her skirt, and I'm going for the gold. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. That's I'm, just the tip of the iceberg, Blaine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and if James Cameron knows a thing or two about icebergs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically every move that Arnold Schwarzenegger makes is punctuated by Tom Arnold saying something sexist and gross. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. it's literally just, "What if we murdered women?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, he has to get out of there, and he does so in typical James Bond fashion by, like, causing a whole bunch of big explosions. Oh, and there's a great scene where they're skiing after him, which I think is directly from a James Bond film. Yeah. Very on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Yeah. Exactly. And it's all very exciting. But then, as soon as the mission's done, you know, he hands Tom Arnold his passport. You know, he gets the snow globe for his daughter, and he goes back to being the perfect husband without missing a beat. He even has his cover story, and, you know, this is the new thing with these computers, and it's going to do this for all these people, and right. it's really it's boring, boring. So no one will listen to him. Yeah. yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis is just like, oh, man, i got to fuck somebody else now. Because <laughs> her husband's so boring. Yeah. Yeah. And it's Bill Paxton. Yeah. The late, great Bill Paxton. We'll get to that, oh, yeah. though. That's not, that doesn't happen yet. First, he, we see him go to work where his boss is in another meta layer of awfulness is Charlton Heston. Yeah. yeah. And, and Nick Fury at the same time. Yeah, he's clearly supposed to be Nick Fury because it's yeah. this made-up intelligence agency. And yeah, he's got what an is the name of their agency? Is it just I think the patriarchy? That's what it is. <laughs> right? like an acronym? Yeah, patriarchy? Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I think and it's, it's like, surprise, surprise, it's run by Charlton Heston. Like, <laughs> right, of course. Exactly. Of course it is. So they have guns there for sure. And it's yeah, yeah, the idea of that, like, the safety of the world is in the hands of Charlton Heston, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Tom Arnold. Like, oh, it's (laughs) that's hideous. (laughs) They're all horrible men, like, they're all bad people in different ways in real life. I mean, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, what did Schwarzenegger do that was so bad? Yeah, I think Arnold Schwarzenegger has some good points, actually. He has some good points, but he did uh, cheat on his wife with the maid. And then no, I know, that's bad. Yeah, but then he bought that illegitimate kid he had, a Humvee, on his 16th birthday. And it's an electric Humvee. <laughs> oh, there you He's go. an environmentalist. He's well, assaulted that's a, a lot of women. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I did remember, I, I think I talked about this on the show, I did have this, like, weird, nostalgic, like, comfort when right. he was, like sending out those videos insulting Donald Trump and stuff when they're yeah. having that kind of war of words. Right, like Be- the Terminator versus Trump. Kind yeah, because it's just like growing up as a kid, it was always movies where like it was Arnold Schwarzenegger versus like a sleazy 80s businessman and Arnold Schwarzenegger always won. So I had this like weird comfort, like we're on the right side of this. It's going to work out okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's something to be said for that. But he's probably a monster. I mean, he's the size of a monster. He's probably personally a monster, but I think he has some good policies. Okay. Sure. I mean, his, since his politics line up with ours, but like, yeah, I mean, you're totally right. He's, he's assaulted a lot of people and that's well, You don't horrible. know that. Is that a thing? Oh, no, that's a thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. is like on the record. 
I think sometimes he like well, it was back to in the '90s and the '80s where like you could do that to a woman who was interviewing you like on an entertainment program. Yeah, right. You would yeah. just like, well, like Ben Affleck in that one. Exactly. Like yeah. yeah, like he would be like being interviewed on TV and would like shove his hands like down a woman's shirt and oh, like yeah. things like that. Yeah. Yeah, oh, God. Well, like, it's not even secrets. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, the thing he does to his wife in this movie isn't very oh. good either. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. Like, that's the horrible thing is, like, so many movies in the 90s is, like, normalized this stuff in the oh. movies that were being made. Yeah. And so then in society, it was, like, this weird circular And this movie is perhaps, of like, awfulness. the worst offender. Like, this movie is some sort of weird James Cameron post-divorce oh, fantasy. Yeah, it is. It's totally post-divorce, like, I hate women kind of kind of thing. Like, was, yeah. was it before his divorce? I think it... I mean, or I, after his divorce? I did see it in IMDb trivia. It was immediately following his divorce. I okay. think it was, like, oh, you know, right really around the same up. time. There's, so I will point out, it is a remake of a French film called La Totale, mm-hmm. yeah. which is French for... The total, I'm assuming. <laughs> sure, yeah, but yeah. the misogyny in France is cultural and classy. Uh, <laughs> but, well, a lot of it was, like, pretty, like, just a low-budget but shot-for-shot version of uh, True Lies. But uh, one notable difference is the stripping scene, which we'll get to, was a, was a Cameron original. So oh, I think yeah. that's, that's well, a and telling. If, and Cameron... When you have to insert a stripping scene in a French film, that's saying something. <laughs> <laughs> And James Cameron rewrote the script after, after like three writers did a huge pass. And then he brought comedy writers in and didn't like any of the comedy they inserted into it. So he kept the comedy. So like all the dialogue and stuff is James Cameron. And there's a lot of men calling women bitches in this movie, like over and over yeah, and over like, again. Even at the beginning when it's just the James Bond thing, he's talking to Tia Carrere and Tom Arnold says like, ditch the bitch. Oh, yeah. For, yeah. for no reason. No, yeah. every, every single woman in this movie is called a bitch yeah. by multiple people. And it's it's just fucking it's it's awful. It's just awful to see. Watching like T. Carrera get like slapped in the face over and over. Oh my god! Oh yeah. yeah. Should we get to that part? Because that I mean, there's a bunch of weird things with that scene. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> how, do, right, how do we get from here to there? Well, they find they realize that she's like working with the terrorists. So yeah, that's they, right. He decides to go to her offices, and she has. <laughs> So she, yeah, she has all these like Iranian workers, yeah, like uncovering these relics, and then uh, Schwarzenegger leaves, and one of them comes into her, her office and slaps her, and you find out that he's like the head of, uh, you know, like he's the the, the sort main of arch, bad guy. Main bad guy. Why the is big he, wh- terrorist? What's the part of the plan where he needs to dress up in like a jumpsuit and pretend <laughs> to be a laborer that she's like who's in case someone drops by? I, none of that made any sense to me. Yeah, no, it's just it's supposed to be this weird reveal in the movie. It's supposed the to be like, oh! The entire terror plot line I found, like, completely incomprehensible every time the movie, like, turned to it. Yeah, there's big things, but I kept on getting, like, hung up on little things. Like, she has these nuclear arsenal in these old relics, and she's like, they've been around for millions of years, but we're going to destroy them to get the nukes out. How did you get them in? Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> like, there's like little things like that where I'm just like, what? how? It's does like a Kinder sense? Surprise. How do they get them in? <laughs> <laughs> that shock has been around for millions of years. And why? <sighs> like, it's if these things are also, pre- it just seems like such an unnecessary expense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, like yeah. you could have shipped this in something that wasn't like a snow cone maker. Yeah, yeah. or even it's just like. 
Chia Carrera's whole motivation for being involved in this conspiracy is just that she's like, oh, I'm being paid very well. And it's like, you look pretty comfortable as it is. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're already living yeah. this like very fabulous lifestyle where you're like traveling around the world, doing tangos, like bringing relics from various places you've hunted. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> you, but, but things are going to be improved if you, like, blow up several North American cities? Like, what? I know. She's also yeah. supposed to be, like, somewhat of an uh, autonomous kind of villain character because yeah. but like even when that she's guy like slaps her she doesn't like give him shit back she's just like it's a good thing you're paying me a lot of money <laughs> what yeah why uh, uh, anyway yeah it's, it's a good thing you're paying me a lot of money and pretending to be my subordinate for mm-hmm. no reason <laughs> what's weird too because like of the villains i feel like you actually probably you get as much if not more time with her and she's the one who actually interacts with the protagonists mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. she's like has zero stake in the terrorist mission, yeah. which I think is an interesting narrative choice <laughs> in that, like, one of your main villains doesn't even care oh, about the care. thing that they're doing. Well, again, it's, it's this weird, like, <laughs> so, obviously, like, the two controversies to come from this movie, even at the time, which I, I was doing a little research we'll talk about later, but the two main problems with this movie are the sexism and the racism, and they managed to shoehorn them both into the villains. Like, the villains are brown people and women, and that's it. Yeah. yeah. And even other... Like, oh, and certainly, like, a woman of color, like, I feel, like, pretty yes. intentionally. Yeah, yeah, good point. Oh, there's another woman of color. She's in the scene where they have a meeting, and then Charlton Heston, before she gets a chance to speak, says, you're good here, you can leave. Yeah! <laughs> She's the only other woman of color in this movie. Yeah, my, I wish I was watching it with my wife, and I was, like, looking at my phone when that happened. She's like, did you just fucking see what happened? <laughs> yeah, Charlton Heston was like, ah, get the hell out of here. She's um, like, okay, we can talk now. <laughs> oh, God, it's so awful. But so like, Were they pretending that they were a computer company when she was in the room? <laughs> I think I work for IBM. <laughs> I don't know. We, were, we were going to steal Windows 95 <laughs> to compete with Microsoft. Oh man, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty. We'll we'll uh, we'll come back after a short break to talk more about the controversies and uh, and wrap up the uh, the plot. So uh, join us in a sec. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, we're back with Rewatchability. Johnny Walker is joining us to talk about True Lies. Hi! Hey. <laughs> uh, so let's get back to it. We haven't even talked about the True Lies. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, what Catch are the true... true Lies, Rob? Like, the whole non-terrorist plot is that Arnold Schwarzenegger has been lying to his wife about him being a secret agent. So she, because he's away all the time, you know, as the modern man is, she seeks excitement elsewhere. And she runs into this sort of guy who also claims to be a secret agent. And this is Bill Paxson with the best mustache in the world. (laughs) And coincidentally taking credit for the murders that have actually been committed for real by her husband. Yeah. Yeah. Unbeknownst to either of them. I feel bad about bringing you into all this, but you're the only one I can trust. Were you out on a mission? 
We say op. Covert operation, and this one will. Got a little rough. Worse than Cairo? Cairo. Cairo is a day at the beach next to this. Mm-hmm. That seems a bit far-fetched. <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, he is kind of the, the main bright spot in the movie for me. Oh, I mean, for, like sto- performatively, yeah. The storyline has issues, but his performance is His is dialogue amazing. has issues, too, but his performance is great. Well, I mean, he's supposed and to be a mustache. creep. And mustache. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he was yeah. also like, he was a leading man sort of around this time, wasn't he? Like, Twister was just a couple of years oh, after yeah. I mean, was he ever a leading man? I think he was a lead in like a few movies, but he never, it never really stuck, I feel, for him. He's in but, the framing device of Titanic, which you, you yeah. wouldn't know. He's in, <laughs> <laughs> no. He's so in every upset. James Cameron movie, though. So he was upset. like, they were like. Yeah, like, the abyss, yeah. See, I mean, I feel like his career was really hurt by like the Bill confusion, right? Oh, yeah. The Bill Pullman, Bill Paxton. Well, now yeah. it's easy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so. He's calling her and pretending to need her help in some um, mission. And so she sort of agrees. He's, like, going to trick her into having sex with him because right. then they need to they need it to look, like, real when they're pretending to be husband and wife later. Right. He's going to take her on vacation and it's, like, cover for, like, this operation he's doing is what he's saying. Yeah. Yeah. And meanwhile, like, Arnie is clued into this almost immediately and starts going crazy like following her and surveilling her and at one point like goes to the used car dealership where he follows this guy because he's a used car salesman Mm -hmm. obviously not a real man and (laughs) he he pretends to you know buy a car to talk to this guy and they kind of become really good friends (laughs) (laughs) yeah they realize they have more in common they were both (laughs) shitbags women suck right (laughs) it does seem like a bit of like that's the thought I feel like I would have had, if I was writing the script as like a teenager, be like, what if the guy who's a spy pretending to be a salesman ran into a salesman pretending to be a spy? (laughs) Right. Uh, Play! (laughs) That that does seem like a crazy coincidence. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, And Bill spills the beans immediately... Yeah. Despite not really knowing that that's what Arnie's there for. Right, yeah. Right? And he's, <laughs> like, like, he's like, by the way, you wouldn't believe this scam I've been pulling on a housewife. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the one thing he's got going on, to be fair. <laughs> like, that's, you know, that's his that's thing. That's one thing. Yeah, but then Arnie uses the same trick because he, like, kidnaps his own wife. Using yeah. the resources of... The fact that this came out just after James Cameron had a divorce makes it so much creepier, everything yeah. that Arnie does. The weird part is that Tom Arnold is the voice of reason. He's like, <laughs> you can't use federal resources mm-hmm. for this. This yeah. is a felony. You're going to go to jail for life. <laughs> yeah. But then what's the thing he's just sort of like, I tell them you got a blowjob one time. Like, that's yeah. how he gets Tom yeah. Arnold yeah. and the entire... U.S. Patriarchy. behind him. It's an acronym. Yeah. That's how that's how the system sort of ties together. People, you know, mm-hmm. covering for people so that they can cover for people right. doing shady things. And and then to, to reunite Arnie and Jamie Lee Curtis, Arnie comes up with this great idea to have Jamie Lee Curtis strip for him yeah. in a hotel. He says that she's got to go to this hotel and, like, perform some erotic 
something for this mm. guy who's just likes to watch. Don't worry, you won't have to sleep with him. Right. Uh, it's like one thing for Tom Arnold to be on board with this plan, but it seems like they're using the resources of the entire. They are. Yeah. Like, so how are all of these other people? They're like, what are you doing to your wife? Well, I don't like, think. What? I think a lot of them don't know about it because one of them like hits his wife with the barrel of a gun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And then he decks the person, and that's like the funny part of that scene. Yeah. Which is awful. Like, that's going to be an awkward Monday morning when they they call Arnold Schwarzenegger in and be like, yeah. hey, why did you punch this guy in the face? They get yeah. that, that Frenchman to record yeah. that dialogue. Do it very slowly. Do it. Do some more. I yeah, which it. is also weird because for the one scene that wasn't in the French version. <laughs> the French guy. Yeah. yeah. Was yeah. that maybe like a tip of the hat to its origins? Mm, maybe. A little yeah. Yeah. saucy. Yeah. What I find like the most hilarious of the about chapeau. that though – like, it's ridiculous that he is sitting in that room and that she does not recognize that it's him. Yeah. Well, it kind of... So He's like, backlit, Johnny. <laughs> My name is Michelle. Carl thought you'd like me. Let me do the talking. You may start by unzipping your dress. No, no. Turn around. Do it doucement. Do it very slowly. So he's backlit, but then for all of his close-ups in that scene, he has this full, like, Morticia Adams eye light. It's like, <laughs> oh, there's yeah, no for sure. way that <laughs> yeah, she yeah. wouldn't recognize him. Yeah. And then the whole reason that, like, he has to play that tape is because, like, oh, yeah, because Arnold Schwarzenegger as a person is incapable of doing anything <laughs> other than his own voice, right? Yeah. He does a really good Arnie impression. <laughs> that's yeah. an- I feel like that's another trope that's in 90s movies, like Home Alone 2, where... T- cassette players were just magic. Yeah, yeah it's like a yak. He still has a yak. <laughs> like, yeah, he just like hits fast forward and it gets to the exact line he wants somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's confusing when I'm listening to tapes at home. Sometimes I think the singers are in my house. <laughs> <laughs> you think like Steve an, Tyler? Yeah, an actual one spy speaker. would probably have to be able to like speak in different languages and presumably do different accents. accents. Yes. He does understand different languages. Like he, he speaks he, perfect <laughs> Arabic. <laughs> he doesn't even want to change his name from Harry when he goes undercover. He's still Harry something. He's like a 90s sitcom star. It's like, I can't, if they say a different first name, I won't answer. I'll be very confused. <laughs> but he's even like, he's Harney. dropping the tape player and like yeah. playing the same. Like he's not, he's doing such a bad job of it. Yeah. yeah. The idea that like, she's not aware that like he's holding a tape player is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's also, it feels kind of insulting that like, in the script and the way they shot it, she was kind of like finding her own sexuality while doing this. Oh yeah, she like really like, gets her groove. Yeah. Like at first she's just like any like a housewife, you know, she right. can't she's not a in touch frow, with her yeah, sexuality. Oh, yeah. And he you know. knew that that was what her she was gonna be because he he's gave her permission the thing, right? Right. Yeah. Being like, no, don't dance like that. It's bad. Like do it sexy. <laughs> like he knew that her all. first attempt yeah, yeah. was gonna be shit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it just kind of feels a little insulting. That's uh, all. I will say, I mean, <laughs> didn't we do this on our wedding night? <laughs> <laughs> the uh, y- y- part of it, watching it now, I was wondering like why this wasn't sort of called out for these issues at the time, and the the reason was it, it totally was. It just right. didn't like proliferate into the popular culture that I was consuming as a kid, like <laughs> on Entertainment Tonight or something like that. Like I was reading the LA Times, the LA Times review said. 
In the context of an action film, a strong character is in control. She's being contro- in this movie. She's being controlled. The audience is laughing at her because she's being humiliated, which is true. She's never even in the scenes where like I remember like again going back to like Entertainment Tonight culture like. This scene was very much advertised as like, look how empowered Jimmy Lee Curtis is. She's like 36 years old and she's stripping in a movie. That's amazing. (laughs) Thanks, John Tesh. But it it is all like this weird manipulation by her husband. And it's also if the reason – well, first of all, like his reaction to realizing that his wife is so bored and disappointed in in her life with him should have just been like a vacation. Yeah. Or telling her the truth just outright. Yeah. Yeah, but even even in this version where he's like, okay, she wants to do secret agent things, I'm going to give her a fake secret agent mission. Why is his go-to mission like, okay, you're a prostitute in a hotel? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to sexually assault you. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah then, especially yeah. when it's like, don't worry, you won't have to have sex, and then it's like, no, we're going to take this to a way rapier place. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like she like she he, she has, she to, has to close herself. her eyes and yeah. go sit lie in the bed where she thinks that she's about to be raped by he's this French guy doing that weird Tommy Wiseau shit with the rose, like Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. What's it's pretty gross. <laughs> yeah. And then the whole thing kind of blows up because the real bad guys, anyone oh, that's yeah. not white, comes into the room. Mm-hmm. And yeah, kind the of thing kin- that the movie had been about, except for the last 45 minutes or so, yeah. suddenly the movie's about that again. Yeah, yeah, I'd yeah. forgotten about the terrorism. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because we just watched Jamie Lee Curtis being terrorized. And that was all <laughs> that. So they get taken to an island off the Florida Keys. Yeah. They just go on a vacation, right? That's what oh, you were that's saying. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. what I was saying they should do. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> exactly. nice. Yeah. That's nice. But it turns out that they have a nuclear warhead or something, right? Mm-hmm. The Crimson Jihad, right? That's the name of the... <laughs> Isn't yeah. that a podcast? <laughs> I yeah. thought that was the name of the bad guys in the Han Solo movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's awful. Like, every single person is, like, a laughable stereotype. Oh, yeah. Um, and... And at the time, people were protesting at the time. Like, they were protesting outside the White House. They were protesting in L.A. And they were trying to get this movie shut down. Even the, wow. the making of this movie shut down because they were like uh, – they had a American Arab League and they were like, hey, like, this is going to hurt relations between, like, people living in your country and the people that, like, are living in your country. Yeah, so, I, I was looking into this too. I didn't know there were so many protests really? at the time. Yeah. One of the protests at one of the movie theaters, they had signs that said, hasta la vista tolerance. <laughs> which I thought was amazing yeah. because of all that because of like the the protests Fox Fox agreed to fix the situation by putting a disclaimer at the end of the credits that, <laughs> and the disclaimer said this film is a work of fiction and it does not represent the actions or beliefs of a particular culture or religion and the Fox spokeswoman Andrea Jaffe said well that cost us some money and required an extra day's work on the picture so you know the message being wow, that Fox. should be good enough guys we had to spend a whole day <laughs> typing out a sentence and putting it at the end of the credits how did that take a whole day how did that take a whole day even I'll tell you it did not take a whole day like coming up with a motivation for the villains like, oh, yeah. when they finally like Oh, yeah, this is why we're doing the terrorism. U.S., oh, the worst, whatever, we're going to blow you up. Like, it's so half Crimson Jihad, I don't know. Yeah. I just feel yeah. like, you, well, I think that was the one thing that I appreciated was it connected it to America being shitty overseas in, yeah. like, the most half-baked way. Like, didn't, like, it was awful, but, get into yeah. it or anything, but... Uh, terrorism in America is largely because of American foreign policy in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. So at least they weren't like directly some magical rings or something. <laughs> yeah. No, and I guess yeah. it's like <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. if if the U.S. military is run by just like Charlton Heston and Tom Arnold, it's like, oh, it's pretty understandable that yeah. everybody wants to blow you up. Yeah. <laughs> well, it kind of is. Anyway. Well, I mean, like this movie definitely did not help things, as the Arab American League <laughs> said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no. It didn't do well. And the reason that they brought Arnie out to this island was because they wanted him – specifically, no one else could do it, to look at this nuke and say, ah, yes, that's a nuke. Mm-hmm. Right. No, he had to ver- no. validate well, it. They also had to kidnap his wife because at first he refused to and said it was a snow cone maker. So right. <laughs> right. it's kidnapped two yeah. people. To yeah, exactly. Educate. Instead of just like inviting a professor of nuclear yeah. physics. To yeah. <laughs> and like the Batman movie, yeah, they get like a professor to do it, not right. a guy that will be like throwing knives and <laughs> grabbing machine Let's guns. Let's get the most dangerous person we can think of. <laughs> Charlton Heston? No, he has one eye. The other guy. Do we know but anyone then- that can authenticate this that also knows how to pick locks? <laughs> Right. They also immediately blow one of them up. Like, isn't that authentication enough? Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, how much more authentic do you get? I don't buy than it. Detonating a nuclear yeah. bomb. Like, there's the a shockwave. I don't buy it. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're well, totally right. I'd never almost, thought about that. That's the so nuke funny. looks authentic, but some of those Persian antiquities look a little suspect. <laughs> <laughs> And then it's that whole time they're just doing this whole gag where, like, there's a low battery on the camera. Oh, oh man. And it's so lame, and it goes on for so long, and it's just like, where's the joke here? Well, yeah. don't you know, brown people are incompetent. That's what <laughs> That's James what Cameron is, is trying to say. Like, there's awful. that whole thing in the van where, like, the terrorists have, like, the rocket launcher, and right. one of them is trying to shoot them, and they're just squabbling with each other, like, people from the Middle East do, right. in, like, they're their like wacky minions. language. Yeah. And then one of the guys gets blown out the front of the window by the That's bazooka, because they're yeah. too incompetent to even use the weapons that they use all the time. Well, yeah, that's the thing. They're not just this sort of nameless, faceless villain. They're they're also like cartoonishly bumbling. Yeah, it's really awful. And we also didn't mention the fact that when they uh, they first sort of identify this guy after a horseback chase we didn't oh my talk God. about. There's so much racist oh, shit in this yeah. movie. We didn't even talk about the part where Arnie rides a horse up an elevator <laughs> on the side of a building. Yeah. Which is pretty awesome. Which, yeah, <laughs> I saw that, that part holds up. Yeah. They could yeah. just remake that part of the movie. Yeah. I really liked the part where he tried to make that horse jump off the building and the horse was like, no, ma'am. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. But we, when they identify the villain, his name's like Abu... Salim Aziz or something. Yeah. And they're like, his nickname's the Sand Spider, which I was reading, people were pointing out at the time, is suspiciously close to Sand N-word. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's not a nickname he gave himself. Suspiciously no. close. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know this movie. And James Cameron defended it by saying like, oh, I don't know. I just picked like, oh, I think the like, most racist thing that came to mind. He said he was considering it being like the IRA. Okay. But I think the thing I read said that I think there'd been a bunch of IRA things like Patriot Games and Blown Away. Okay. So yeah. he was like, I don't know, let's pick something else. The so. Irish Defense League was like, <laughs> oh, don't even think about it. Sam! <laughs> no! <laughs> I can say it because uh, yeah, I probably have some Irish in there somewhere. <laughs> I'm just imagining um, another version of this movie where instead of Tia Carrere, it was like, 
Amy Yazbeck doing like an Irish accent, like like I've been sneaking out all these Irish <laughs> relics, and they're all full of bombs, yeah. like, <laughs> full of bombs. That's that's great. It'd be a little like Halloween three or something. I think. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So they they uh, they actually oh, so get much, off the so island. So much crazy yeah. shit happens. Like they're driving like the nukes across the bridge, and they blow up the bridge, and then the bridge is down. The and bridge then, is out. <laughs> he says, "Yes, no. the bridge is out." And then they have to, like, shoot the terrorists. But then, even more fucked up, his daughter gets taken by the terrorists. Of yeah. course. Yeah, yeah. There is, there is a really cool scene on that, on that bridge where Jamie with Lee... The Pelican? Cr- with the Pelican? Oh, man. Just great writing. <laughs> it was brief, though. It was. It was. But the, uh, the scene where Jamie Lee Curtis is in the car, and then he grabs her hand in the helicopter, and then she gets kind of lifted out of the car as it falls off the bridge. Like That's yeah. a stunt that she did, which is pretty cool. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a great yeah. stunt. Yeah. yeah, on her birthday, no less, which is what every article I've read about that says. She and it's it on her birthday. birthday, no less. I, know, All right. I think they use that as like a marketing thing. Like, yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis can do her own stunts. Yeah, like it was like True Lies, and then the subtitle was like, on her birthday, no less. Like, yeah. It was bad. Well, I mean, the action sequences in this are great. I mean, that's a... Th- like, James Cameron is great at plotting these action set pieces. The horse in the elevator. The Harrier jump jet stuff is all, like, it's all very exciting, except it's all very awful. He commandeers a Harrier jump jet to go save his daughter from this skyscraper in downtown Miami. You know, it's like a demonstration of American military might. Yeah. He just shoots pretty indiscriminately, like, this whole floor no, no, it's, of terrorists. It's, it's so much worse than that, because his daughter is literally dangling from a crane, and he goes, I need to kill a whole bunch of people first. Just hang on, honey. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's no, there's no, like, I need to save my daughter. It's like, nah, we need to kill all these people. It's weird watching an American movie that, like, the climax, is like, I mean... It's obviously very pre nine eleven. Just seeing this plane attacking a skyscraper yeah. Yeah. as like something the hero's doing, I was kind of like, right. ah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Arnie attacking, yeah, for sure. But then he does save Dana. He, well, yeah, there's uh, like the herring thing on the skyscraper. She has like the key to the thing that will set off the and she, explosion. And she stole it, and we set that character trait up earlier when she stole money from. From, yeah, uh, she's very nice dealer. Right, yeah, that's her only character. Yeah, now trait. I like oh. her natural spy skills. And also, right, the yeah. one good brown guy in this movie, Faisal, is also right. in there and distracts him so that she can get the key. Right, yes. Yeah. And they definitely put that character in to be like, see, see? we like brown people do. Oh, no, it's awful. <laughs> There's uh, one good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, but that kind of like ends it he shoots the bad guy into a helicopter full of bad guys well so i mean it's amazing it's not just he shoots the bad guy into a helicopter full of bad guys the guy's dangling on the missile yeah and he's gonna like get his gun again i think and then he shoots him again through the building that he's already shot through Mm -hmm. he shoots the missile through the building and then there just thankfully happens to be the terrorist helicopter on the other side. Because I think it was otherwise going to go into that orphanage on the other side. <laughs> right. yeah. He's just like, you know. The next skyscraper over with the orphanage in it? He doesn't care. No. There's so much collateral mm-hmm. damage. <laughs> that he cannot erase. That's another um, movie. Did yeah. you guys notice, though, like, okay, just on cranes in general, there's a walkway in the middle of them. Yeah. Eliza Dushku and the the villain like are just shimmying along the sides. Why are neither of them using that walkway? Yeah, I don't know. 
it's so weird. It's so it's just like it's right there, and Elijah's like, oh, I can barely hold on, Dad. And it's just like fucking well, like, stand on the platform. Stand up. What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. There's like construction workers having lunch there. What? <laughs> right. What you doing? It's They're just like pills. these are built like to be used by human beings, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If uh, Brain Girl can get up there. Yeah. <laughs> so Arnie saves the day. With, of course he did. In a Harrier jet. That was a given. Um, and he takes his family home. And the next kind of scene we see is his family at the dinner table. And I think the most horrific scene uh, in the film is when Arnie is, is laughing so loud and doing the thumb war with his family. It's, just, it's, it's a little much. That's terrifying. <laughs> They're like, we liked it much. more when you were away all the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's weird. Because he's yeah. like yelling laughing at them. It's weird. But and now he's like thumb warring them both at the same time. Yeah. Maybe they're with all three of them are at this point. They're all spies? So he said? Yeah, spy, it's spy yeah. family. Yeah. Based on his yeah. agency, it was an illegitimate thumb war. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But then they get a call, and this is the kind of the tag to the movie as they go, and they uh, do another case, but this time they're together as husband and wife. As a family. Mm-hmm. Here's a big thing that was different for me watching it, or that I, you know, took a bit differently when I was a kid. Because of that ending, I remember that ending that him and Jamie Lee Curtis, him and his wife, are kind of both spies. They team up at the end. Yeah. I thought that part of the story and sort of the third act was after she's kidnapped, she's surprisingly super awesome and like helps him defeat the bad guys. I remember that too. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. But it's all like she does it, but it's always accidental she like drops an uzi and it shoots everybody yeah and while she screams it's all just these like if she does anything good it's accidental and most of the time she's just screaming like nothing about that indicates that she would become this spy at the end which seemingly you know tried in a way kind of tries to put this button that justifies all of the awful things that he did to it's either that or killer Probably. <laughs> which we know which Tom Arnold would want. Because, <laughs> yeah, we alluded to it earlier. He's got that line where he's yeah, like, women. women. What does he say? You can't, can't, can't live, live with them, them can't kill them. Yeah. yeah. Another classic Arnold uh, singer. Oh, yeah. and we didn't talk about what he said about his daughter at the oh, beginning. Yeah. Oh, She's probably stealing money for an abortion. Yeah, yeah. He's just like, they're like, that's their work chat on the way. In. He's like, oh, he's like, hey, your 12 year old daughter, is she menstruating yet? <laughs> I, I'd like oh, to know if she has an abortion coming up soon. Oh, yeah. Is like, she still what? a virgin? <laughs> yeah. 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 I, Arnold, I would punch this motherfucker in the face. <laughs> yeah. Or not resort to violence. Like, the rest of this yeah, movie kind of does. Like she was, she was 12 yeah, years old when that movie was filmed. I think it's important to know. Yeah. yeah. If it was it's made awful. now, if it was made now, Arnold Schwarzenegger wouldn't have to blackmail him about a blowjob. He'd be like, if you don't help me, I'm going to tell our boss that you asked if my daughter was a virgin. <laughs> that is 100% inappropriate. That's a fireable offense right there. Oh, and then yeah. Bill Paxton is like improbably working as like a cater waiter at that fancy yeah. ball at oh, the end. Yeah. Yeah. Despite that, I, I guess maybe he got out of the used car business yeah but he's still up to his old tricks yeah tricking tricking women and they make him pee himself again yeah i think he just might have a weak bladder yeah. i think that might just be a thing he needs to go to the doctor about. and then they are but like are they great spies because the second that same tango comes on again they completely ignore their mission. That's his. That's his yeah. Achilles' heel is the tango. Wait, but he's <laughs> dancing the same tango he with his wife that he danced with Tia Carrere. That ain't right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Do you think like as soon as it's over, like, oh, remember that woman we killed? <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, God. <laughs> Didn't save her from that limo. No. no. Which is horrific because she played her brother's boyfriend, Michael Myers, played Wayne. Oh, that's right. <laughs> good connection. <laughs> that's not a leap at all. That's, that's nope. Good. Solid, solid joke. It's canon. That's <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he was despicable in that movie. Tom Arnold, like his character was. But there is, I mean, we're going to have to talk about it at some point. But like a lot of controversy surrounding this movie because there was like on set monsters assaulting people. And that was yeah. Eliza Dushku as well. Yeah, it was the, it was the stunt coordinator, Joel Kramer. He yeah. was 36 at the time. Uh, Eliza Dishku came out and said that he like molested her and then like actually had her injured or like oh, really? yeah. in a stunt. Yeah. yeah she in was a the stunt. one responsible for her safety. And after she like rebuked him Ooh. when he invited her to a pool party where she was the only one there when she showed up and then he like assaulted her. That's horrifying. Yeah. It's just awful stuff. And yeah. you know, I mean, we've been making fun a lot of James Cameron and talking about all the dumb shitty Put in this movie, like, I think he's a good guy, ultimately. Like, I've probably mentioned on the show, like, he went to school with my mom. I think he's still friends with my uncle. But, and he said, like, had I known about it, there would have been no mercy. Like, I'm sure he knew nothing about this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, of course. And, I mean, that's an Mm -hmm. easy thing to say, but you can also, I mean. He's friends with my uncle, Rob. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, we don't know. You're right. You're absolutely right. But, I mean, I just... It, it's a horrible, awful thing. I think Jamie Lee Curtis like wrote an essay about it. She did, her. and I and I read the comments on that essay, and it was all just against Jamie Lee Curtis calling her a pimp for children and stuff. It was like Ooh, it was, and what? she was, and she came out being like, "Oh my god, like this is awful," and we should like, I'm like, I'm hor- like horribly against this, and like this is awful, and everyone's like, "You were for it." It's like the whole what? thing Jesus. is like oh, not, yeah. but because uh, <laughs> what's the worst right now? I mean. Right now, it's always been. The it's worst. always, been, it's the always been the worst. Uh, on the lighter side of things, we, there was a Super Nintendo game for this. Did you ever play that? Yeah, the only sequel. Oh, from I don't think I did. It did. I don't remember it. No, it's just like you control a little Arnie while you go around and uh, pretend like your wife is your property. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, Patreon now I remember it. <laughs> it looks like a video game. Most of this movie. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what it was kind of designed for. That strip like, scene bonus Bond round, thing. man. Yeah, but again, it seems weird to like market. This movie to kids. kids, Like, there weren't toys, but there was that video game. Well, and there was going to be a sequel, but uh, 9-11 and then Arnie's congressional, not congressional race. Right. uh, September 11th happened and we realized realized that all the things we put in this movie were awful. Well, I mean, the last scene kind of sets up the idea of a sequel, right? I always wanted a sequel. Spy family. Yeah. I think it's been said that, like, Mr. and Mrs. Smith is sort of like a spiritual sequel to this. Right. Yeah, and they were going to do – actually, they still might do, like, a reboot TV show. Yeah, that's been, like, brought up and scrapped a couple times. Yeah. So yeah. it's maybe still floating around. Yes, yeah, still around there. I mean, if, it's, if it has anything to do with this movie, maybe don't. Oh, and I did want to mention that uh, <laughs> one thing I'd always heard about this movie is that James Cameron flew to England and watched it with Stanley Kubrick. Did you guys know this? Hey, Stanley, check this out. Well, no, apparently Kubrick... Can you leave me alone? (laughs) Kubrick called him, and he said he was really honored, and he flew to uh, England, and they watched it on, like, an editing bay. And he said he was really honored, and then he found out that Kubrick does that with a lot of people, and he basically just wanted to pick his brain about, like, special effects (laughs) and just, you know, kind of extrapolate. (laughs) Hey, why did I see Michael Bay on my way out? (laughs) Anyways, I thought that was kind of a yeah, funny cool. thing. So I just can't imagine Stanley Kubrick watching this. 
Yeah. Being like, yeah, this is great. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> yeah. Oh, an explosion. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> uh, yeah, and and to just kind of talk again, again about the controversy of like how women are portrayed in this movie, there wasn't the same kind of backlash there was in terms of like the racial issues. Yeah. One of the <laughs> president of the National Organization for Women's LA chapter said <laughs> – they weren't going to make any fuss about it because compared to the Arabs, women come off relatively well, <laughs> which is a low bar. In this uh, movie. Yeah. But there was an interesting – I guess someone wrote like a defense of this movie in a newspaper or – battle, yeah. Magazine. Bames Hammerin. It was uh, – no, It was a dude named Douglas Ebby. I don't know what he wrote exactly. But there was – I think in the LA Times, Carol Treadwell wrote an interesting piece, just a rebuke of, of all that. It was – yeah. Anyway, it just basically talks about how uh, that the defense of this movie is partly how Jamie Lee Curtis calls it like the best role she ever had, and but was talking yeah. about how you know kind of problematic it is that like especially the strip scene has like a husband who needs to turn his wife into a prostitute to rekindle his desire for her, and she's forced to obey his jumping through his hoops in order to get to the. A happy marriage in the end. It's- I feel like the strip scene, though, is kind of all about how you view it and who you are identifying with. Because, like, I remember loving that scene when I saw it when I was a kid. And it was not because of objectifying the woman's body. I was, like, identifying with her. Right. And I, and I could see what I liked about it watching it again. Because I feel like if you think of her as the protagonist of that sequence and not this like object, mm-hmm. she is this has this really like boring, shitty life. She's been swooped up into this adventure. And when she comes in like what her version of like a sexy outfit is, she looks herself in the mirror before she goes in and she's like, This isn't even sexy. Like, my sexy sucks. This is right. so frumpy. And that that like the way that she in two seconds like rips off these like frilly bits weirdly takes that like flower vase water yeah. and puts her uh, that was like a <laughs> yeah. weird choice for she me douses her self with a vase i feel like yeah. also like if you like smell water from a flowers that have been sitting around it's like kind of gross it's but just it's, like, like there's yeah. pond scum in your hair yeah That's... it's like but, you know what? sure like you're going for something you're trying it out sure yeah and then she's in this like <laughs> little black dress and she and it's it's like this whole kind of burlesque routine, right? Where you see this whole she tells you a whole story, sure, of like starting as this like uptight, sad, frumpy housewife, and then becomes this complete bombshell, mm-hmm. and that she's doing this crazy dance, and that you're like, oh, like you're actually doing this really well. And that even she has those couple of moments where she slips and falls and betrays the fact that she is not a professional at this, but, like, recovers from it. She has the whole business where she's put the bug down her bra, and then when she turns upside down, it falls out, and she's like, fuck, I've got to get it back. And she gets it back, hides it in her mouth, and then even after she is not okay with being, like, raped by this Frenchman and bashes him in the face. She she's still, she's like, I'm going to go back and make sure that I still get this bug and complete this mission. Yeah. And it's like, the and whole even, way even, that it's, like, choreographed and set up, it's like, I don't know. I was, I was like, rooting for her. I was like, oh, you have to do this striptease and win and plant this bug and, like... And even on top of that, like when when Harry when the guys come in, they kidnap them. She's like, "Leave him, take me." It's like yeah, my mission, yeah. and it's funny, but it's also but it's at her expense. 
it's I yeah. don't know if it's at her because if you're in that character's shoes, she's an awesome character. She's like trying to protect her husband. Well, sure. Yeah, but also the same piece I was reading also points out that like the kind of defining characteristic her character has once the Bill Paxton storyline comes into play is that she is like gullible. Yeah. Because Bill Paxton is also like from the audience's point of view, from Arnold Schwarzenegger's point of view, A silly unconvincing yeah. and ridiculous and hacky and like she is we are supposed to think she's dumb for believing him mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so i think that there is like a lot of yeah we're laughing at her definitely we're we're outside of you know her perspective on this i and i also think like what you're describing like they could have found a way to have it be that they give her a mission to do and she does something that she does something sexy, but of her own initiative. And yes. that surprises Arnold Schwarzenegger instead of him being like, me and my coworkers decided you should go strip. <laughs> no, right. I wish yeah. that she had somehow stumbled. Like, it, it would be a better movie if she did legitimately, like, become a spy for real somehow. Yeah, like, or if she yeah. got good at it, like you were saying, Jam. Mm-hmm. That would yeah. be a great third act. Like, if the coincidence ended up being that actually, like, they're both spies, or that, like, right. he was a spy and she's just been recruited by another agency, like, well, and that this mission she's doing is for real, like, that and all would be is, so much more satisfying. Yeah, and agency is such a problem in this movie for any character that isn't Arnie. Uh, Which agency, can, the Omega <laughs> factor or whatever? Yeah, yeah. But, I can just imagine reading the headlines when all of this came out. So... An officer used department resources to have his wife go undercover and strip for him in some sort of bizarre yeah. scene. Also, they had like mics and everything all over that room, and he was just about to make love to it. It's just weird that everyone was like listening in on their sex. Well, all yeah, right, boys, I mean. close like, your eyes. <laughs> well, also like the scene where you know they have her in the interrogation room, and they're all kind of like you know she's trying to like hit the mirror with the stool, and they're all like laughing at her. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It's, it's disheartening. But she, she think- is really good, though. She, I mean, she, is, she takes actress, everything yeah. that James Cameron and everybody else gives her and plays it with like, like her sort of like regular comedic sort of, I don't know, panache. Is that She's a thing? great. And yeah. I, I, she has- I think Schwarzenegger is really funny, too. Like the scene where For he's sure. on like the truth serum. <laughs> yeah. I find that scene so disappointing. Really? Why? Yeah, because it's like that creepy little man comes and <laughs> oh, yeah. sticks him with the needle. And then Jamie Lee Curtis is like, what did that do to you? And he's like, oh, I can't lie now. Right. And you're like, finally, like, that should be, like, for me, like, the scene of the movie where she finally has this fucker. He's tied up and he can't lie to her. And, like, that should be their whole marriage coming out. Right. And instead he's just like, what is it? And she's like, oh, I'm a spy. And then cut. And I was like... That's like such wasted potential. Like there's so there's, there's, a there's like there. real dr- yeah. like human drama there. That the, they the, there were some funny jokes though. Like she asked if he ever killed anyone. He said, "Yeah, but they were all bad." Yeah, <laughs> I love the jokes <laughs> in that scene for sure. But I'm, but I'm with right, you, Johnny. Yeah. Like it's it should be. It could have gone so much further. It, it should have been a deeper. dramatic scene. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. been betrayed her entire life, and she she gets over it pretty quick. I was ex- she does. As soon as she sees her to awesome. have that moment. Yeah. yeah, she goes like, my husband is Rambo. Like, she starts, like, quipping oh. <laughs> really fast. Right. Uh, and I was like, oh, I don't know if you're at the quip level yet. That's I don't know funny because James Cameron wrote Rambo 2. Oh, oh nice. Okay, well, let's go around and see if this is rewatchable. I think everyone's come to the same conclusion <laughs> that this is the best movie ever made. But, uh, JM, what do you think? Oh, I'm first? Uh, yeah. 
No. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. I, yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I love a good action movie. I think there's some great action scenes in this movie. Like, I think the horse chase just goes on for so long and, and, uh, you know, there's that bathroom fight mm-hmm. before that. Uh, but everything, everything at the core of this movie is awful and, uh, and yeah, and it's not just like, oh, it's, it's dated, you know, it's an older movie. No, like, like we've pointed to, like, this was a problem at the time that people were very vocally, like, there were people outside picketing movie theaters because of, you know, how hateful some of the characterizations in yeah. this movie were. And because we were living before the internet, none of that kind of filtered down into the popular culture that we experienced as kids or teenagers, which led to us just kind of enjoying this movie with very little criticism of it, which, uh, yeah, it's kind of, kind of disheartening to, to go back and and visit it, but I'm glad we did. Yeah. I definitely, yeah, I definitely don't think like I would never want to show this to my kid. (laughs) Um, I think there's uh, like, and even, yeah, like even the hero of the movie, what he does in this is just like, it's, you know, I was watching it with my wife. She put it a good way. She said it was it was the story of Arnold Schwarzenegger's character having a crisis of masculinity and just taking it out on his wife. It's just like this kind mm. of toxic jealousy just yeah. made manifest and paid for with taxpayer money, <laughs> basically. It's, and Tom Arnold. And Tom Arnold. And the Tom Arnold character. Again, I remember him being funny. I remember even like just seeing people on TV talking about how funny he was. And every joke he says is just cringy and awful and – and I don't know how it happened, but apparently Tom Arnold is the the lesser of the two of yeah. him and Roseanne. I don't know how that. Well, he's landed. trying to. I think he's trying to raise money to like find the P tape so that we can finally stop this whole charade. Well, there was a while where remember he said like, "Oh, I've got tapes of Trump." Like, oh yeah, that's what it is. Saying racial epithets in my closet from <laughs> The Apprentice. You probably can't find anywhere he's not saying them as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he was yeah. like before the election. He's like, "I'm sure I can dig those out." And, uh, yeah. What about you, Rob? Yeah, no, this movie was really hard to watch. And, like, I knew going in that there was going to be some, you know, obvious racism. And I think I was even willing to give it the benefit of the doubt. But it's, like, really, really bad. And, like, the misogyny totally caught me off guard. It's just, like, it's really terrible. I think it, like, is, like, a product of toxic masculinity. Like, it's one of those, it definitely feels like James Cameron's divorce movie, and I thought it would be, and when I looked the the trivia after, I confirmed it. And, like, I'm not saying you can't have a good, like, angry divorce movie. I like The Brood, David Cronenberg's divorce (laughs) movie. But this one's just, like, way too awful, and I don't know, it just reinforces a lot of really bad, uh, bad things. And... On the other hand, the action sequences are great. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not going to watch it again. I don't think it's rewatchable. I think this is like I, – I, it's really – it's an unfortunate entry in all of their catalogs. And also I really hate the way that James Cameron will just sort of like explain away what people find problematic about his movies. Like he does the same thing with Avatar when they're like, oh, well, these are like First just, Nations people yeah. that you're sort of you know using. You just colored them blue. And he's like, nah, I didn't do that. This is this, you know. This is on Pandora. <laughs> <laughs> then he's like, excuse me, I have to go visit the wreck of the Titanic. And yeah. then, you know, he just <laughs> goes away. <laughs> then he drives the Harrier jet out of there and leaves. So it <laughs> gives you the thumbs up as he <laughs> submerged in a scuba suit. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, um, so it's not rewatchable, and uh, I think it's a really... I, 
I would be really embarrassed if I was James Cameron and I made this movie. Oh, man. What about you, Johnny? Yeah, it's a never again for me. <laughs> um, and I was... I I found this movie a real slog. I had to get through it in two bits. I was yeah. falling asleep the first time. I think it's bad on so many levels. And I remembered it being funny and fun. I don't think I laughed at a single joke. Even, you know, if the best things about it are the action sequences... They're not that great, guys. Like, there's better action sequences in so many other movies. Even just like with horses. There's. <laughs> I didn't feel elevators. like it's like it's not even James Cameron's best action sequences. Oh, it's no. not no, Arnie's no, no. best action sequences. Like a lot of, I found a lot of them were just very generic explosions, shooting, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a very hateful movie. Obviously, on top of all of this, like. The, the Tom Arnold of it all. I don't know. No, I mean, I, I, there were, has a few little bright spots. Like, I genuinely, I felt like every time Tia Carrere entered the frame, like, it kind of lit up for me. I love watching her, and I think she really, like, made the most out of that role. I thought Jamie Lee Curtis was fun with the material. I, I also just, for me, I have, I, I, maybe it's because I wasn't exposed to him very much as a child. Arnold Schwarzenegger is like kind of like a tough pill to swallow for me. Mm. Like I don't get why people want to see him talking so much or think that his like one liners are great. Right. Like he's a body. In this movie, they're not. He's a body. That's his thing, right? That's why his shirt always falls off. You put him (laughs) in a movie because of his body. Mm -hmm. And every time he talks, like he's got a poet's soul. (laughs) <laughs> he's the exact like every he's exactly the same in everything that he does yeah. and I think uh, his, did you see the movie where he had a baby <laughs> <laughs> I think his line readings are honestly only like a couple of degrees above a Tommy Wiseau thing yeah. and I don't yeah. think that that's just because like me being racist about people's European accents it's like there's this stilted awkward like not like oh, you've never met a human being, like, way of talking, which isn't helped by this, like, rubbing a rose on a woman's face. So he says hi. It's, I've uh, never, here is a tip, fellas. (laughs) (laughs) Let's retire this from the playbook. Don't rub a rose on a person's face as though it's your dick. (laughs) And you're drying it off on a towel. Don't do that. Like, <laughs> I gotta call my florist. <laughs> Did you do that to your florist? That's two wrongs. Don't make it right, man. That's awful. So that's a no. That's from a you, no. Johnny. Uh, and I'm I'm gonna have to concur with everything, but especially the towel bit. Everything that you guys said. So thank you so much for listening to Rewatchability <laughs> this week. Ended it on a on a good note, and you can find us at uh, rewatchability.com. You can go online buy T-shirts at T Public. You can see us live on July fourth at the Royal in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and you can find us online to interact with us on uh, Twitter at rewatchability and on Facebook. Oh yeah, Johnny, do you, do you want me to plug anything for you? Well, you can keep up with what I'm doing over mm. at johnnywalkerartist.com. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, you, isn't, isn't your short in a festival? Oh, yeah. A short film I made is going to be at a festival in Los Angeles called New Filmmakers at the end of July. So yeah. for all of our L.A. listeners. We have a few. Yeah. yeah. Come on out and say hi. Yeah, you're going to be there. I'm going to be there. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Meet Johnny Meet in person. Meet the elusive Johnny Walker. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Great. Thanks for coming on. Cool Anytime. off. <laughs> You're fired. <sighs> 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.